What's up, good people? It is the Soft Straight Talk Show. How are we doing? This is episode 34. How are we living, good people? This is on a Wednesday of December 19th. And today we are going to talk about, um, you know, the things that has, you know, went uh, went past my radar. I, like I said, I, I'm i focusing on, you know, saying what's popping on all sports what is worth talking about? Big ups to uh, I want to say big ups to <laughs> Jared Allen for uh, getting LeBron James on a dunk attempt. He's the eighth person in a 16 year career to block a dunk of LeBron James. That's something um, to say on LeBron James's part. But um, I think his statement after the game is worth mentioning real quick. I think he sit there and said, "In that oh." You know, he's 20. I'm 30. You know, it takes me a little bit to get warmed up. Like, LeBron James, I know that the next time you see Jared Allen, that you're going to have every intention on wanting to dunk on him or get him back. But your hand, like, your wrist, like, was over the rim. Like, it, it, it wasn't like you jumped and got flat or, like, you had no lift. Like, you, you were up there, buddy, and he blocked your dunk. He did it to Blake. He did it to... He did it. He's done it several times this year. Jared Allen ain't nothing to try to, you know, he ain't, he ain't no easy way. So just to come out and use that statement, it's kind of like the same old LeBron that I thought he grew out of when he's 34 years old. Um, but, you know, your hand was over the rim, but, you know, like you wasn't short on the dunk. So, I mean, like for you to sit there and blame age, it's funny because you just scored 50 not too long ago. Just throwing that out there. I mean, just, I mean, yeah, score fifty. I mean, you you you're leading the, the team in point in minutes and points, every statistical category. You're the best player in the world. Come on, Brian, you're better than that. I wanted to start off with that because I wasn't going to go deep into that because not it's like it's a problem or issue. You know, I think him not going over in the fight of Brandon Ingram, Chris Paul, and Orlando, Chris Paul, and all that stuff like that. Him coddling and, and making sure Chris Paul was okay, I think, is a bigger issue. I'm glad that's squashed. But we can't let James Harden score 50-some points again against the Lakers. But um, I just look at that as, like, you you are the best player in the world. Like, 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 like we all know that, you know, LeBron has been sensitive. I'm not sitting there bringing up something that we don't know. But it's like something he should have just grown out of. So I, I just looked at that was like good block by Jared Allen. You know, give man props. Don't sit there and blame your age and be like, damn, Jared Allen got to feel like, oh, he called himself old. To discredit your dunk, but he's going to go off to the playoffs and and do wonders. But, we, you know, is he going to blame age then? That's all I want to leave it to that. I want to leave it to that. But LeBron James, man, that's that's – that is that guy. I mean, when you when whenever something happens to him, it is one of those things where he can't he can't take it, and that is without a doubt. And he will never change. Apparently, in that forefront, because he has said some crazy things in the media before, um, taking shots at us, the regular people, and things of that nature, and him just kind of backpedaling or some things of that nature, throwing players under the bus. I hope he doesn't do that. I just hope he does not do that with this Lakers team. 
We're top heavy. That quote killed me. It pissed Kyrie Irving off. You know what I'm saying? It would piss off bench players, most most importantly, but that pissed Kyrie Irving off, even though he's like, I'm part of the top. But you just basically saying, like, what? Like, mm. LeBron James. Now, talk about the NBA season just a little bit, and I'm going to move to NFL, talk about that, getting close to the playoffs. That is getting heated up. And teams are – oh, man, I can't want to talk about that. But I wanted to get the NBA out of the way. I wanted to talk about that, um, of what's been going on. Because really, as far as say drama, it really not a whole lot of drama going on. Um, but whenever certain superstars say things, it holds a lot of weight. And one of my things is, is that um, – how the media could kind of swirl and swim things. I mean, like they can make things kind of be like, hey, okay. So LeBron James, I believe he might have made this statement before the game a day ago, two days ago, whatever. But he made it known that it would be amazing if Anthony Davis joined the Lakers. Of course it would be amazing. But see, this is how the media spins it. It's just like, oh, is LeBron demanding this? Is, Le- is LeBron get letting us in on a hint? You know what I'm saying? Like, it makes it seem like that after, especially after two losses in the East, the teams that we probably should have beat. Um, you know, it's, it's, the Pelicans are not going to trade that man. I don't give a darn. Like, they wouldn't be that dumb. And, I, and they, just, they just wouldn't be that dumb. LeBron James making that statement is no different than anybody else sitting there saying, like, yeah, that'd be dope. I mean, it'd be, it'd be cool. You know, if Anthony Davis played for the Lakers, man, that, who, who, who would be like, nah, I don't want that to happen? So, of course, the best player in the world will say, yeah, that'd be great. That'd be amazing. Doesn't mean that offers have been made or they're close. Like, you, you don't see reports like now that's like, it's getting close between, you know, the Lakers and the Pelicans and what. They're not trading that man. Like, he's not getting traded right now. You only trade a player like that if he says, I'm not resigning, and it's on the, the year of where he's going to be afraid. That is it. I mean, the Celtics can try. Any team can try. There's no player in the NBA. And I believe that the Pelicans said this. There's no player in the NBA that we would want over Anthony Davis. <laughs> and I believe they said outside, not even Beyonce. <laughs> I mean, they're just keeping it real, man. Like, they're, they're, they're not trading this guy. Point blank, period. You can come with you can come with a billion dollars, and I don't think they would trade. Because what's to say that they could draft another potential all-star? and add to that with Drew Holiday or something like that, and they make a title run. And then here's a title in New Orleans. And I'm not sitting there saying that, you know, that's going to happen. But, you know, there's not – I mean, Kawhi Leonard, I mean, like, Kawhi Leonard would be the only player that I would take at this point, or Great Freak. And I just – and then at that point, it's like, well, Anthony Davis could be just as good as them or better. 
I mean, I say he's better than Greek right now. Is he better than Kawhi Leonard? I can't say that because Kawhi Leonard has MVP finals, MVP, finals MVP, a championship. And he is now taking the Raptors to new heights that, that I didn't, I thought he was going to be slow. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I don't know. It's just one of those things, man. It's just one of those things where they're not going to trade him. It's cool to talk about. Let LeBron James make a statement without making something big of it. I don't want to see a bunch of fluff um, reports that saying Anthony Davis is coming to the Lakers. I mean, it's not happening. Unless it's going to be like how I just said. He's not going to go to Boston unless it happens just like I just said. I mean, like, you know, the Lakers, we got Beyonce on, on speed down. We couldn't trade her. They gonna say no. That's a jokey joke. But I'm just saying they they, they was real real for real. I'm gonna quote this: If you can trade Davis for anybody, then he is the most valuable guy in the league. Not that we would ever consider that. Alvin Gentry said, "There's no one in the league that we would trade him for, and there's no one out of the league, not even Beyonce. If, if we wouldn't trade him for her, he's probably untouchable." So. There you have it. Alvin Gentry ain't playing. Y'all ain't taking away Eddie Davis from me. I get fired and then what? Pelican's starting all over again, right? This, it would be amazing. It would. Anything would be amazing with Anthony Davis attached to it. But whatever trade that the Lakers are trying to do, I just hope it's not involving the core pieces Young core pieces for something less than uh, somebody great. Like, like I said, like somebody great that's playing great this season. I ain't saying like great. Like, it's, it's, it better be somebody that's really smoking hot. Can Kimball Walker, uh, you know, Kawhi Leonard, um, like I said, great freak players like that. We should be going after players like that. Even though I'm not saying those guys are tradable, but we don't need to go after no small. Like, Reza was it. I would have liked the Trevor Reza trade. They don't need to do that um, across the league trying to find a, another Reza. They don't need to do that because I think they can build up what they have. Um, I'm starting to like how KCP is starting to play a little bit. But, um, you know, if players can put something, if teams can put something together to get KCP, and put, you know, some other players around it to get us uh, somebody. I, I would say, I, I think, I think what we probably would need is somebody that can shoot a little bit better, um, more of a specialty. You know, what I'm saying like then Caldwell Pope. But I think if, as long as the season can go, I think he can shoot a little bit, um, a little bit better than what he has. And I don't think he shoot horrible. Couldn't really tell you his. Uh, his percentage right off the bat, but I'm starting to like to see what he's doing. Is he trying to do it, you know, as far as trade bait? I don't know. But LeBron James has 17 points in the first half against the Nets, and uh, the team's supposed to follow after that. And it just really didn't happen. It was tough. And I made a statement on uh, Facebook saying that, you know, that D'Angelo Russell should have stayed on the Lakers, like the Lakers should have kept him. And what I'm saying by that is I know the implications of all that. You know, we still have Moscow. We wouldn't have Kuzma. I dig it. We wouldn't have LeBron James. My thing is, is that I'm saying 
something we could have probably did something around that, which we could have. Apparently, we couldn't trade Mozgov without having Russell in it. I think, too, you know, L.A. was a little bit too much of a scene for Denzel Russell at that age, being uh, 19, 20 years old. I think now he's 21, 22. So, I mean, now it might be a little bit better, but I think it's just too late. I'm not saying we need to go trade for him back or nothing like that. It wouldn't, it wouldn't, wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, but I'm just saying for his performance and what he's been doing, I mean, I believe um, – I think they're on a 16 win streak. He 22 points, 13 assists last night. I mean, he's really doing good. But Dinwiddie, too. Dinwiddie, congratulations to him on his contract extension, getting that, what, $34 million for three years or something like that. I mean, that's good um, for him. Um, I think he got most improved player. He won the skills challenge. Um, he had a good uh, year last year, good offseason. I like Spencer Dinwiddie. I think me and um, Sam Jones from the uh, Pick and Roll podcast, big ups to them. Shout out to them. Um, they just dropped a new episode. Go check them out. Um, but uh, check them out, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. But uh, me and him, I, we go back and forth because I'm so adamant bringing him up whenever to him is not is not that of like, oh, man, Spitz did what he ain't really all that. He respects the player that he is and know that he's good. But I, I always joke, I always try to bring up a player to his level to say, well, he's better. It's always fun to do that. And I and I believe I said Dennis Smith Jr. is not better than Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, at this point, he's not. I mean, at some point, I think he will. But I just think at this point, Spencer Dinwiddie could have a better career. I mean, you, you never know. You talk about a guy who's 6'6", that can be a playmaker, um, that can, you know, make plays uh, the way he can and get to the rim. And now he's starting to get a shot. He's starting to get a jump shot. His, his release was a little awkward, terrible. I, I like to say awkward, terrible. But now it's starting to get a little quicker, starting to get his own shot. I mean, he's long, so I mean, he's he's not going to get contested that um, harshly, you know what I'm saying, um, right off rip. So he has that re- um, working for him. So, you know, congratulations to him on that. Um, but, uh, you know, what's going on with uh, James Harden is what I want to talk about, though. James Harden has been playing real good basketball here as of late. Um, beat the hell out of my Lakers. Um, score fifty. Then you got fifty and Jesus Christ. I mean, so many. Then we had the dunk on uh, Javale McGee. I mean, then the, the step back threes. Hell, again, the other day he did a double step back, and then the refs didn't even call it. So he's feeling it like that. The referees got mind control. Um, you know, what I'm saying or brainwashed and watching him just do what he do. They're not even calling travel because I, I always defend. Him, you know, I, I low key look. I low key try to defend the move, um, but you know, there's there's like, uh, mm, let me see. The the thing is with his thing, I always say this: when you make a dribble, you pick up your dribble. Like you make a dribble and you picking up your dribble, you leave yourself room to make a like a little move, like a little step that may look like a travel, but it's not a travel. But what he did the other day, that was traveling. Hands down, that was traveling. Traveling, traveling, traveling. So, you know, some referees going to miss it. They're going to miss that in the NBA. But I just think with him getting the, the uh, 
him with the move, they really should start, you know what I'm saying? They really should start calling. They really should. And and another thing is too, um, like people need to start paying attention to fast breaks. Um, the referees, whenever like say like Lonzo Ball when he caught the ball, I mean, whenever he caught the ball, he's taking those steps, and boom, you know what I'm saying like goes up for the dunk, like that was a travel. I mean, some things like the the. Those are the those are the type of plays in, in NBA basketball. I think where if you do call travel, um, that you can just easily um, pinpoint and knock that out and nip it in the bud for players coming up to make sure they don't do because you know there's travels you are gonna miss. You know, what I'm saying there's 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 travel calls where you're like, yeah, I don't know, but the one with Lonzo Ball where he caught the ball in a fast break, man, like take a dribble, Lonzo, and and James Harden double step back. Don't let that get too flagrant because it's not good for the kids coming up watching. And you're going to have a hard time nipping that in the butt when you're like, well, he doing it. He, they doing it. They got to nip that in the butt. But anyway, the man had 32, 12, and 10 in that game. Um, he had 50 against the Lakers. Um, you know, he, he's, he's going out of his ball and out of control. He's going, he's losing his mind. This could be the thing to where – where, where LeBron James and you got other, like Steph Curry and Kevin Durant, stuff like that, you got the regular season, how they got going. But James Harden, for him, is unique because, like, he gets the calls. A lot of them. Like, the, the three-point attempt the other day. I mean, they caught a foul. I mean, one of the foul. He drove to the rim. He was getting he was getting guarded by Kuzma, I believe. And they caught a foul. I mean, like, look. He's not going to get those calls in the playoffs. And my point is that whenever he starts playing in the playoffs, people will be going, what's wrong with James Harden? Like, like what's wrong with him? Like, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I don't, I don't understand it. Like, they should not give him these calls in the regular season. They shouldn't. They should not. They should not, by any means, be calling these many calls for James Harden regular season because in the playoffs they're gonna be like, "What's wrong with Harden?" Like, what's what's going on with him? Is he tired? And that's the main thing. That they want to say he's he's exhausted. He's got to save himself for the full court. That's why they brought Chris Paul over. No, he's not getting the calls in the playoffs because it gets a little bit more free, a little bit more rougher, tougher. I'm not saying he's not tough. No, I'm not saying that at all. It's just that he gets two points, easy free throws in the regular season, and that builds up momentum. It builds up his rhythm. And that's how he can go off, hit threes and stuff like that. And we wonder why it's not happening in the playoffs. That's why, people. That is exactly why. I mean, we're going to watch him tonight against Houston. I mean, against Washington, excuse me, against Washington. And, you know, John Wall's been playing some um, elevated basketball. This game is in Houston. Now, you watch this man going to probably go to the line. 
Maybe, maybe he might get about 13 attempts. He just might. You never know. So here's my here's my thing that for the lookout for in the playoffs is how LeBron James, how he changes his play. But how he actually gets more calls, I think, in the playoffs because it's LeBron James. But the way he drives with a different type of tenacity, James Harden, he kind of goes in for the contact. It's a difference, man. It's a big difference to how I would say James Harden, when he goes to the rim, where he tries to initiate contact, it's kind of like in a sense of saying like he's flopping in the contact because he has the nature of flopping. He flops in the contact. Whatever he's driving, he's leaning over. He's wanting to get that contact. Not calling the man weak or nothing. Not calling him weak at all. Um. I think LeBron James goes with so much ferocity. It looks like somebody's attacking him, and he gets the fo- he gets the foul call, and it gets it more in the playoffs. If you follow what I'm saying, he has to change up how he plays in the playoffs just a tad bit if he wants to get somewhat similar of what he gets in the regular season. He's going to have to just really – because I think he kind of showed it in the Warriors series, actually. I think he showed just a glimpse of that, but it was like game seven. He wasn't getting really nothing. I mean, like it was some calls actually missed in that game seven. Um, I think he shot about two threes. He got fouled on. They ain't calling an attempt. Um, uh, whenever, whenever you drive into the rim – you know what I'm saying? Like, especially in the playoffs, like, you kind of – it's it's different, man. Like, you're not going to get those ticky-tack calls, and I don't know what he can do to to elevate that because that kind of makes or breaks the team in the, in the playoff series. Like, you can have all this fun in the, in, the, in the regular season all you want, you know what I'm saying? But what's going to happen, you know what I'm saying, in the playoffs? But I'm not going to go on forever with that. I just wanted to, to touch – I just wanted to touch base on how good James Harden is playing. He is playing good. But it always that he's doing this stuff. You know, he's doing this. So just moving the needle just a little bit, staying in the NBA. I want to talk about because we want to talk about efficiency. I want to talk about scoring real quick because you know it's still early in the regular season to be talking about standings of that nature. And I, I'm going to touch on that, you know, when I exit out of my NBA discussion. But I wanted to talk about real quick with uh, with a, with with somebody in particular that I wanted to talk about. I didn't get the chance to talk about my last episode, and that is Trey Young. Now, Trey Young is an interesting guy because he has made some highlights this season. He has, you know, saying he has been somewhat of a spark 
in Atlanta. I ain't saying across the NBA. He's not like he's taking over the league or nothing. But, you know, people are sitting there saying, like, hey, man, he's, hey, hey, like, you know, he's good now, but, you know, he ain't no boom. He's shooting the deep three and stuff like that. The one thing I want to talk about is that he's shooting 25% from the three-point line. He is shooting 38% from the field. He's averaging 15 points per game. Obviously, he has the ability to play in the NBA. He's made some good plays. He can make good passes. He can pass. He's averaging 76 per game. My thing is with him, with 29 minutes per game, and you were playing point guard, and you have played all 30 games, there's no way that you should be shooting um, 25% for three-point line, being a point guard. There's just no way, because then at that point, you just got to understand that you're taking dumbass shots. I mean, something... Something, something's got to be wrong with that. Something's got to be pointed out to where you be like, man, like, is that even, like, cool? Like, that, that, that can't be, like, um, let me put it this way. Like, there's rookies out there, like, and, and, I, and I usually don't defend this person, but it's like, like Lonzo Ball last year. Lonzo Ball last year was shooting like about shoot just about the same percent wise and he wasn't averaging fifteen points a game. And bust. He's horrible. And da 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 and da 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 and I'm not hearing none of these things said about Trey Young. I'm not even hearing the word bust. All I'm saying is that kids, um, teenagers, um, you know, coming up, man, know that shooting percentage efficiency means something in the league and not just flashy highlights. 15 points per game, flashy highlights. People will be like, Trey Young is straight. He good. Like, oh, yeah, he good. They know his team going to be shitty. You know what I'm saying? He was a top five pick in the draft. So, I mean, they know that his team is not going to be all that. And they know that um, the Atlanta Hawks has not been good in uh, some years now, since ever since Horford and all that departure. So it's not so much of a team success. It's just like, oh, he's making plays. You see that one deep three shot? Nah, but he's shooting 25% from three-point line. Let's not forget this. Luka Doncic is something of uh, which somebody talk about with him, like, that he's the one playing out of mind. He's the one that's the most NBA ready. He should have been the first pick in the draft. He's the one that this should be getting kind of like that hype. And I'm not saying that Trey Young is getting a bunch of hype. I just wanted to touch base on his shooting percentages that people didn't know. That how poor he is shooting and just how, you know, how, how bad he's playing. You know what I'm saying? Uh, 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 with good stats. Good highlight moments. Because you look at the 34-15 game or the game where he did this or whatever, and it's not you're not looking at the whole point. Luka Doncic is shooting 35% from the three-point line, and he's shooting 43% from the field. That's not super great for a rookie that averaging 18 points per game, and it is actually making wins for his team. 
four re four assists, six rebounds. Basically, you can say five assists, seven rebounds. You know, he makes a difference. Different rookie. You know, what I'm saying I don't know how many rookies out there are gonna be shooting fifty percent from the field and forty percent from the three point line. So I'm not picking on Trey Young like that. But twenty five percent from the three point line. You know, thirty to eight percent from the field. You're a point guard, man. Like little runners or little, you know, laps or something. I guess would be. Uh, to be something for you, you know what I'm saying, to make happen. You know what I'm saying? I don't know, man. It's just, it just weird to me. Very weird to me. But, you know, like I said, big ups to uh, Larry Nance on the tip-in buzzer over the uh, Pacers. Wanted to point out, oh, the depot, like, make the free throws, man. Don't don't turn into Nick Anderson out there, man. These are free throws. Like, the way he was shooting them, he got to be – like so, 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 so different as far as confidence and being so much that ice in his veins, like how how Denzel Russell likes to do. But you got to be that man. Like you got to have that type of um, confidence to where he was choking up at that free throw line last night. I mean, it was horrible. Choking up, not really, you know, having that conviction and missed two big free throws and. Like I said, Larry Nance with a good tip in and focus in him and make win the game for the horrible, horrible Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> horrible Cavaliers. But um, you know. I, I I just look at that as like, man, like in the playoffs, you you had LeBron James on the ropes. Y'all took him to seven games. These are the type of moments why y'all lose these these moments, these games. You're young, I understand it, but coming together as a team, they believe in you. You're Victor Oladipo. You are back in Indiana, so to speak. Make the free throws. Big time play for uh, Larry Nance, though, man. That was good focus. But make the free throws, and it won't happen, Oladipo. What have been happening in the playoffs, man? Keeping my eye out on players like him, you know, Wall, Bill. Keep my eye out on players like Devin Booker, who needs to have more than seven wins right now for his team. Like, I mean, I know Zion and Cam Reddish and 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 um, guys like that are playing good. Tanking wouldn't be too bad. You got Aiden and yourself. You know, you just picked up Austin Rivers. I don't know what that trade was all about. Like, that trade was just puzzling to me. Oubre and Austin Rivers. It's puzzling. But anyway, now I can talk about standings. And I started at the bottom of the borough with Phoenix being 7-24. I just think with Devin Booker on the team and his promise, he should be way better than that. And, you know, he's kind of leading that type of way with Kyrie Irving whenever he was on the Cleveland Cavaliers by himself and they was looking real bad. So, you can have good moments. You know, those seven wins, you had a what? Games where you went off and hit big shots and stuff like that. But it's just seven wins. There's teams with 15 Wins you know, ahead of you. Just you know, seven wins. The West is tough. The West is going to be interesting. It really is. But seven. You know, Chicago, seven wins. You know, you got Zach Levine. You got people like Zach Levine, Wendell Carter. Seven. <sighs> There's not a team in the NBA right now that are December 19th should be at seven wins. The league is too talented. And, and the league is so talented 
that is making me question leadership with these young kids coming off the bat, you know what I'm saying? Or should they stay in college and grow that trade, maybe? I don't know, man. It's, just, it's crazy to me because Devin Booker is highly talented. If you bring in DeAndre Ayton, that's supposed to be that. Y'all should be learning how to win games with a few veterans on your team. I mean, there's a big discrepancy with the West and East with seven wins. There's two teams with seven wins in the East, and that's Chicago and Atlanta. Then you got Cleveland with eight, New York with nine. There's only one team with single-digit wins in the West. The West is no 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 play game. Lakers are hanging in at fourth. Portland at fi- uh, five. Denver is shooting up the gym with only nine L's. 21 wins. Looking pretty good. The team, the way they play, is real fitting for Carmelo Anthony. But they wouldn't take the chance to mess up their chemistry and things of that nature. But they could use him. It would be a nice reunion. And I just wanted to bring that up because I still respect and wish that Carmelo could be playing in the NBA. I know he's not the same Melo. It's not everybody can be like LeBron James. Could be that age and still do what we saw in 2003, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. I know. It sucks. But at the end of the day, I think Denver could be a spot for Melo. I just hope that wish that they gave a chance. You know, they gave Nick Young that chance. Like, God, dog, man, I wish that would have been Melo. Really would have. Really would. I, I mean, I, I, like I said, I posted about Nick Young, and he came out there hitting threes and stuff like that, but I really wish that was Melo. I wish they would give him a chance. A reunion back to Denver. What a story that would be. Golden State coming in a second. Okay, see, shooting the ball, horrible, but at third because they playing big-time defense, man. Defense matters. Oklahoma City can lock you up. They hustle. Schroeder, like, they're they going to get better shooting-wise, hopefully, but they are – right now at shooting, but their defense is top-notch. Second-best defense in the league, I believe. <sighs> Excuse me, good people. But I believe that they, they have the second-best defense in the NBA. So, you know, you got the Clippers and Memphis at six and seven. Um, Sacramento has been looking pretty good. They got the eighth spot, you know, 16 or 14. Um, but, you know, that's crazy that Houston is San Antonio, New Orleans, Teams like that are not in the picture right now. They better wake up. You know what I'm saying? Like it's close. I ain't so you know two wins can can shift a lot to get back in eighth and the seventh because it's so close right now. But it's just crazy how these teams are struggling. I didn't think Houston or New Orleans would be in the bottom, and I had no idea that teams like Oklahoma City, much as I wanted to, you know, they got two stars on their team stuff like that. Just the way they looked against the Utah Jazz. It seemed like there was going to be, at this point, a little below why Houston be up that high. You know, at least New Orleans will be four or five. When you have LeBron James, that's what happens. I mean, point blank period. He makes a big difference. The Lakers will probably be 13 or 14 or 15. So, hey, you, bring, you put LeBron James on the Lakers now they're fourth. 
They're 18 or 13. They're looking pretty good. Kuzma is getting more confident. That's one thing I can't say. But I'm going to move on to the NFL. I think I've talked about what I need to talk about in the NBA. Um, like I said, uh, in the, on, on the East, sorry. On the East, we got Toronto, Milwaukee, Indiana, Philadelphia, Boston. Boston is now starting to wake up a little bit. They need to smell the coffee just a little bit more so they can wake all the way up. Um, you know, Detroit, Charlotte, and Orlando, you know, while Washington is going through what they're going through, I didn't think Miami was going to do much much of anything because they weren't going to pick up nobody big in the free agency. You know, Dwayne Wade with his last year, he's not going to lead a team to the playoffs. It's teams for, like, Brooklyn or Washington. Um, I mean, I said Brooklyn. I mean, Washington. It's teams like Brooklyn and Detroit, Charlotte, Orlando, to take advantage and get so much better to where, hey, get a playoff burst, man. That goes a long way just to get a playoff burst. You know what I'm saying? Just to get in, just to play. And you see what could happen. Um, Milwaukee used to do that. Now look at them, they're number two. Indiana, look at them, they're number three. Philly, look at them, they're number four. Charlotte, Orlando, Detroit, get your mind together. Brooklyn, get back in the playoffs. Brooklyn, when they first moved, when they changed the Brooklyn Nets, they were in the playoffs. They weren't good playoff foes, but they, you know, they, they were in the playoffs. But they got to understand now, if they get back in, how serious they have to take it. Their young core is getting more mature. They're getting older. They've been playing together. Jefferson, uh, Harris, um, uh, players like uh, Carroll, Damari Carroll, they've been on the team. Dinwiddie, you know what I'm saying? Now you've got Russell being, what, his second year there? So it's just you have to get more chemistry. Orlando, Gordon, all those guys. Terrence Ross, take advantage, man, because teams like Washington – New York, and I'm looking at, you know, saying I'm looking, I'm really looking at Boston right now, man. Like, they better keep it moving. So that six through that six through eight is going to be between Detroit, Charlotte, Orlando, Miami, Brooklyn, Washington. Separate yourself from that Boston. <laughs> don't don't be don't be a part of it, because then your playoff hype will be God. Awful because you know what? Indiana, Milwaukee, Toronto, they're not playing no games. They're not playing no games. So believe the hype all you want. I think sometimes when you don't have people with injury, you're like, oh, I can we can do this, whatever. Yeah, whatever. But before I get to the NFL, I do want to point out a little boxing break here. I didn't want to go too long in boxing because it's you know, we got fights coming up this weekend. We had a fight last weekend. I'm just pumped up. Congratulations, Canelo Alvarez, on knocking out um, uh, TKO stoppage of Rocky Fielding. Body shots, hard body shots. I'm talking about like stiff, goodness gracious, body shots that can that really changed a lot. So um, he moved up to 168 pounds at super middleweight. He fought a guy that is a champion, eighth ranked, I believe, in that division. You can be a champion and be ranked that that you know I wouldn't say that's low, but you know Sanders there's hundred spots, so I mean you know you ranked eight, you're good. So it wasn't like a patsy or anything. I just believe that once he felt Canelo's power, he didn't want to continue no more because he's like I can't outbox this guy. 
because I punch. I'm a I'm a person that stops people with overwhelming punches, not so much say power. And he wasn't going to overwhelm Canelo Alvarez as long as Canelo was throwing that body shot and then coming over the top with the right hand. And then, you know, throwing combinations if he went to the ropes, which he alleged, like, which he proudly did voluntarily. I'm going to the ropes over here, Canelo. Go ahead and take advantage of me. It was crazy. You know what I'm saying? Big time crazy. Big time crazy. Cajunas, whatever you want to call it. It was just nuts. Um, we got John Jones uh, fighting this weekend against Alexander Gustafson. I am so pumped up for that fight. Um, the rematch, you know, John Jones this is his last chance. This is really a big chance for Gustafson, too, because, you know, you win this fight, you get your name back, right? You know what I'm saying? I felt like you, your last fight, you did good, but you fought a Glover to share, and you ran. You know what I'm saying? You literally ran in that fight. I didn't like it. But, you know, John Jones is big for you. You win this fight, you're still undefeated, you're still the man, you're still that guy as long as everything comes clean with you. That's the thing. You got to clear. He's almost like somebody that is teeter-tottering on their bank account, and they go in and they swipe that card, and they're just going like, come on, baby. Come on, baby. Don't you you decline on me now. He's almost like that. Like, it should be a foreglow. You make weight, you go in, you do your, your drug test, boom, you fight, you come out, you do the post-fight drug test, and we ain't supposed to worry about it. But if he wins this fight this weekend, I'm going to have the whole entire, like, three days me bugging out, wondering, okay, is he going to be good? We're going to see a report that he failed this test, whatever like that. Like, come on, John. Fingers crossed for you. But hey, it's gonna be it's, it's gonna be a good one. That's gonna be a good one because I believe Cyborg and Amanda Nunes is fighting on this card as well. That should be big. So you know, this is a big weekend for that. Uh, then you got the Charlo Brothers on Fox, big time boxing. This is not no scrub fighting. This ain't no Friday night fights. No Saturday night fight. You know, lower level, generic, whatever. This is Jamal Charlo, Jamel Charlo, uh, one hundred fifty four. Uh, Oh, uh, junior middleweight champion. And then we got a 160-pound middleweight champion, Jamel, Jamal. They're twins. They're fighting on the same night. They flipped the coin to see who's going to the main event. Jamal won. Jamal Charles' opponent, uh, you know, broke out, uh, had a post, had a, had a drop out to fight Willie Monroe. Uh, but now he has a replacement. He's still fighting. So the replacement is going to be game, I'm hearing. And uh, he's still fighting. So the fight's still on Jamel Charlo. He's still got his opponent lined up. Ain't nothing happening with his. And it should be a good card. So Saturday night on Fox, regular cable, no pay-per-view, no paid HBO Showtime. This is on Fox. PBC, you know, saying Premier Boxing Championship is what they're going to promote, especially dealing with Fox. I'm glad they partnered up with them. You're going to get good fights no matter what. You're going to get good fights. You're going to get good fights for people trying to win a fight to get a bigger title fight, bigger payday. That means that you got elite versus elite fights, and you're going to have elite guys fighting, period, if it's not against an elite opponent. So hear me out on this. PBC, Premier Boxing Championship, ESPN, top rank. What they're doing, I appreciate it. I applaud it. He's making good fights on paid on paid uh, uh, cable networks like ESPN and Fox, and it's not demanding like HBO, Showtime, or pay per view. So I do love that. So be on the lookout. But congratulations to Canelo Alvarez, and I want to give a shout out to uh, 
World Combat Sports, uh, Scotty White, doing a good job of covering all this stuff. Um, helps me out a whole lot. And uh, and uh, go check him out, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, um, World Combat Sports, man. And uh, um, big ups to uh, Michael Williams Sr., Michael Williams Jr., and that whole team, Roy Jones Jr., that kid, I'm going to keep on saying his name because he's not he's not on TV, mainstream, nothing like that. But at 100, I don't know, he fights between 140, 147 pounds, whatever like that. The man can box. He's 20 years old. He just turned 20, I believe, or maybe 2021. 20, Michael Williams Jr. fighting out of North Carolina. Look him up. Quick hands. Like I said, get trained by Roy Jones Jr. That's enough said right there. So go check out that crew. You know what I'm saying? Definitely big shout out to them. So now we'll move on to the NFL because there's some things I want to talk about. Oh, before I move to the NFL, I do, uh, I do apologize. Uh, January 19th, Adrian Broner versus Manny Pacquiao. Hey, Adrian Broner's getting ready. He's starting. He lost the gut. And he looked like he had a little pudge there. He lost that. He's looking real good. Manny Pacquiao is in ferocious shape. He is pumped up, ready to go. Don't forget about that fight, people. January 19th. January 19th, Manny Pacquiao, Adrian Broner. Don't forget about Floyd Mayweather and the exhibition match that's happening uh, New Year's Eve, too, um, which that is something for the rising, you know what I'm saying, fans. I mean, for the American fans, they're going to probably check it out, but it's just three rounds. We've seen Floyd fight a whole career. You know, me being a big Floyd fan, I'm going to check it out, but I, it's not something that's buzzing on the on the radar. You know, he... It's just something that it's okay. It's pretty cool. But moving on to the NFL, I wanted to talk about the last two weeks that we got. And this one is coming up this weekend. And then we got that. And then we got playoff football. You know what I'm saying? We are getting there. And um, um, Pro Bowls has been announced. You know, big ups to Phillip Lindsay, an undrafted player out of Colorado. Um, he is the, you know, guy that's ever been non-drafted. Being a rookie that is part of a Pro Bowl, like you know, just undrafted guys that do make Pro Bowls, but your rookie year, like really, like I didn't know that can happen. Yeah, it happened because he did it. Philip Lindsay, the running back from the Denver Broncos, when people thought Royce Freeman was going to have that job so easily, no, he took that job and he took another job. He took two people's jobs, undrafted rookie, and been a Pro Bowl. Why? Because he can catch the ball at the backfield. He can run the ball. He can be a good blocker. He is a dedicated workhorse. Something of somebody just to, hey, I'm not going to ruin my chance and be lazy and then mess around, get cut, and get bounced around from practice team to practice team. I'm going to make my situation the best, and I'm going to just work hard. And you got to just respect that wholeheartedly. And big ups to uh, to, uh, Philip Lindsay on that. Made the Pro Bowl, man. I mean, like, ah, uh, uh, man. I mean, you know, you, you got, you got, you got the, uh, you got the whole NFL. You know, saying like, if you look at some good years, it's been some good years, especially it's been some good weeks for running backs. You know, what I'm saying so, you you compile all those, you compile all that. I mean, like, eesh, man. So, big ups to that guy. You know, what I'm saying I'm, I'm always, like I said, I'm always. You know, big on um, congratulating these players. But now we're going to break it down here with AFC, the AFC right here. We're going to break down the rest of the AFC. We, you know, Philip Lindsay, man, that was just a highlight. But we have wide receiver. We got DeAndre Hopkins. Whew, man, 
he's made me eat big time crow. I sit there and said to him two years ago, I said, man, you worried about taking Johnny Menzel's girl and all that stuff like that. You held out a little bit. You know, you're going through some quarterback issues and stuff like that. You might as well be focused because you have to make plays with a quarterback that's not that good. He didn't have a real good season, and I people were still praising him. And I was like, I don't know. But he has shown up. He's got Deshaun Watson, and he's helping him out. He's been having a great year. Um, big ups to him, man. Big ups, big ups to that guy, DeAndre Hopkins. Then, you know, Tyreek Hill has made the Pro Bowl. We got Antonio Brown, Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen, Tyreek Hill, those two, you know what I'm saying, catches, man. They're just going to make catches. they just, you know, but Tyreek Hill is going to just burn you. Keenan Allen will just get that first down. But they're going to make the catches, man. You see some guys that don't drop stuff. It's the people that's on the Pro Bowl. And Antonio Brown, we already know. DeAndre Hopkins, we know. But when it comes to Keenan Allen and Tyreek Hill, it was a good year to see them play football. Keenan Allen tore his ACL two seasons ago. He's been coming back strong. Tyreek Hill has been criticized as being just a special teamer. Um, somebody just, you know, to give the ball to his space. But he showed he can run routes. He showed to make tough catches after contact as well, hanging on to the ball. The catch he did last week. Showed big time of that, catching the ball, taking the hit. He's done that several several times this season. Antonio Brown's won game-winning touchdowns this season. He's made big-time plays. He has opened up the, 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 the offense to Juju Smith-Schuster because if you wouldn't have Antonio Brown's Juju Smith-Schuster wouldn't be where he's at as far as the stats. So, you know, saying big ups to the offensive linemen, Taylor LeJuan, um, Alejandro Villanueva, Eric Fisher, these players are, you know, saying really good players. Um, and the Tennessee Titans, Pittsburgh Steelers, the Kansas City Chiefs, all in the playoff hunt. Need those guys. David DeCastro, Yonda, Quentin Nelson, the man who flattened <laughs> a Jacksonville Jaguar during that game. One of the best blocks I've probably seen in my days of watching football. Quentin Nelson, tough football player for the Colts. Then you got Marquise Pouncey. He's back in the good favor for the Pittsburgh Steelers. The other Pouncey is making a Pro Bowl. So you got brothers making a Pro Bowl together, being at the center. Travis Kelsey makes the Pro Bowl. Um, Eric Ebron makes the Pro Bowl. Um, Eric Ebron, let me tell you about him. I was high on him coming out to draft in North Carolina. I said, man, this guy is good. He's really good. I said, here's the one thing that that takes me away is that he could be a wide receiver. He just, he just, had, he just a big guy, and I said he's gonna be real good. And he just wasn't that in Detroit. And he was just, oh my god! I said, Jesus! I said, dang, this is not gonna turn out well. And he goes to Indianapolis, and I think he at this point, what he got like fifteen touchdowns. Like, like he's playing out of his mind. Having Andrew Luck, who came back healthy on the mission, off his line, as you can see, they got some players that made it. That made it. Um, player. But, uh, you know, saying all, all around, they've been trying to keep this man healthy. And he's been able to make good plays. But And who's been helping him is Eric Ebron. And big ups to him for making a Pro Bowl. Um, so, we go from there. we got quarterbacks. Of course, we got Patrick Mahomes. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, that's a dead giveaway. And he's not going to play because he's going to be deeper to play off. Phillip Rivers, same way. Tom Brady, too. So, whoever's going to play quarterback in this Pro Bowl, 
I guess deserves it. But if anybody I can name that I could probably help out this process real quick would probably be what? Uh, Lamar Jackson. I mean, for the short stint he's played, he's been, been positive. Um, I guess you could say Josh Allen. I mean, who you want to have out there play? I mean, like, uh, you want to bring everybody else is in, you know, com- competitive football. So when you look at it, you ain't going to say Derek Carr, not with the season that the, Ra- uh, that the, um, that the Raiders have had. Um, I'm trying to think here. Those some quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson, but he's going to be in the playoffs. So, I mean, that's what I'm saying. So, in this Pro Bowl, with the AFC side, with all the quarterbacks being named to go to the Pro Bowl, they're not going to be playing. And the only quarterback I can think about is going to be having that chance to do so. It ain't going to be Portals. <laughs> it ain't going to be Baker Mayfield. It could be him. You know, it could be Baker Mayfield. It could be Deshaun. I mean, not Deshaun. It could be Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen. Lamar Jackson, it's going to be somebody like that. But James Conner, he's going to be in the playoffs. Melvin Gordon, same way. Philip Lindsay, so he's going to probably get that chance to play. I think as far as a backup for that would be uh, some players that come to mention would be, uh, say, what, Nick Chubb, you know. Um, Derrick Henry, of course, can be mentioned. Uh, but I don't know uh, if they make it to the playoffs or not. So you got that. And I can't believe he didn't make it anyway, but he didn't have a real good season. He's come on late, especially as players getting a little bit dinged up. He's a big guy. He's got a little bit more in the tank, and people are trying to figure out how to take him down. So he's a late-season type back anyway. When it gets cold and it hurts to hit him and stuff like that, you're starting to see him start to get big games. Um, on the defensive side, you know, you got you know, J.J. White, Mouse Garrett, Melvin Ingram, Geno Atkins. Jarrell Casey and Cameron Hayward on the on the uh, defensive line. Then you got Vaughn Miller, the Davion Clowney, who has been playing great. Um, D Ford, who's been playing great. You know, saying um, you know another person I want to mention on the AFC side of playing good would be Darius Leonard. I don't know how he ain't making it, and Phil Lindsay making it. Like, what 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 type of sense does that make? That Darius Leonard. The Indianapolis Colts cannot be on this football team for a Pro Bowl. And he has been somewhat of a distra- I mean, destructor this season. Like every week we've heard something Darius Leonard has done. I don't understand that. His name is not mentioned. Inside linebacker, CJ Mosley. You got uh, Bernard McKinney. I mean, yeah. There's no Darius Leonard. Wow. Xavier Howard out of Miami, he's been doing great. Jalen Ramsey made a Pro Bowl. He had some good games this season. His mouth could actually catch. Stephon Gilmore from the Patriots has done good. Denzel Ward, big ups to him. No Darius Leonard, but if we got Darius, we got Denzel Ward. We got uh, Philip Lindsay in the Pro Bowl. I just think that's a snub. That's a snub. It's a big snub. Jamal Adams, he's been playing great. I like him. Um, kicker Jason Myers, punter uh, Brett Kern. And we got Andre Roberts as a special teamer, what you call a specialist. Andre Roberts of the Jets, who is a fast demon. Um, but on the NFC side, we got Julio Jones, Mike Thomas, Adam Thielen, Devontae Adams at wide receiver. Julio Jones, 1,500 yards rush, uh, receiving, man. I mean, like, you can't deny that. Not that many touchdowns, but he does what he does. Um, Michael Thomas showed that he's a top five wide receiver. Adam Thielen is a route god. He can just get open and make plays. You know what I'm saying? That's what he does. Uh, Tyron Smith has a healthy, somewhat healthy season. He makes a Pro Bowl. 
Um, you know what I'm saying? Big ups to him. Big ups to Terrell and Armstead for the Saints. Saints is getting someone mentioned by protecting Drew Brees. That's why they're so good. Trent Williams, always been a steady good lineman. He makes it. Zach Martin makes it. Brandon Cooks makes it. Trey Turner makes it. What happened to the Panthers, though? Jesus, losing six games in a row. Alex Mack of the Atlanta Falcons. He didn't get hurt, so he makes it. You know, the Atlanta Falcons, they're a million of injuries. Max Unger, another part of that Saints offensive line, he makes it. Zach Ertz has been playing great. Too bad the whole team hasn't been playing good, but who could possibly come save the day again? And that is Nick Foles. But he didn't have to get the team in the playoffs last year, so I really don't understand all this thing. It's like, he's going to do it again. He didn't have to get him in the playoffs. They were fine, you know, just saying. Drew Brees, Jared Goff, Aaron Rodgers will be playing in the Pro Bowl. <laughs> uh, if he does not play, I would be upset because, like, you're not in the playoffs. I know you're Aaron Rodgers, but go out there and play. Like, go out there and play. Todd Gurley, um, Ezekiel Elliott, I don't think they're going to be playing in the Pro Bowl either. They're going to be in the playoffs. So Saquon is going to have that. Um, maybe Ezekiel Elliott could be, you know what I'm saying, playing in that one. Who knows? But um, Saquon definitely will be headlining in that detail. Cameron Jordan, Demarcus Lawrence, Taylor, goodness gracious, in the Predator, Daniil Hunter, I like to call him. That Aaron Donald, Fletcher Cox, Akeem Hicks. Could you imagine that on a regular team defensive, end, defensive line? Scary. Um, Luke Keekley coming in at inside linebacker with Bobby Wagner. Cal Fuller, Patrick Peterson, headlining that cornerback with Darius Slate. Really, I think he's the best corner in the league. If he picks it off, he can run it back. Why not Why not give him that praise? Then you got Eddie Jackson, Mr. Alabama, player for the Chicago Bears, and Harrison Smith coming in at free safety. Landon Collins, they like to call him Sean Taylor Jr. I do not. Um, coming in a strong safety, making a Pro Bowl. And then we got Aldrich Rojas. We got uh, Michael Dixon. Coming in at the kickers and punters, we got Tariq Cohen, Mr. Fast Feet, coming in return specialist on the NFC side. And, you know, like I said, man, I just think some people got snubbed. I'm not going to really go into all that because I think you know who they are. We didn't name them. I just wanted to say that Jamal, I mean, that Darius Leonard should have made that team. All I'm saying, he should have made it. He should have made it, man. He should have made it. He should have made it. But coming in with the most Pro Bowlers, let's see. The, the Chargers had seven on the AFC side. Pittsburgh comes up behind them with six. And then on the NFC side, we have the Bears with five, Dallas with five, New Orleans with five. And those are the tops on the NFC side. So with just about a minute to go, I will like to say that the rest of this season should be Highly, highly, highly competitive for the teams are trying to get in and it's in the hunt and things of that nature. So I want to say that to the Eagles, to the Cowboys, I want to say to the even the Washington Redskins, even to the teams like of Seattle, um, look at teams like Indianapolis, Tennessee. I ain't forgetting about the AFC teams too. Y'all have to look at it like this. Y'all get in the playoffs, you're not going to be highly favored. But the things you're going to have to do is that you're going to have to just play out of your mind and try to play the type of football to build the type of momentum that teams have been able to do in the past. You can't be willy-nilly. You can't be intimidated. You can't be scared. These these games matter to build momentum because you got Rams, Saints, Chargers, teams like that that are like, hey, we ready. Other teams, they're a little shaky. They need to find that momentum. And I'm talking to New England too. So, hey, 
Soft Straight Talk Show, man. I hope y'all enjoyed the show. Y'all have a good day. God bless. Peace out.